You're listening to Zen Superman podcast, and this episode is for you if you overreact when your child gets hurt or when they hurt you and you want to stop it. So, interested? Listen in. Hi, I'm Elena Gomez Rodriguez, and I'm a mental fitness coach for busy moms. And this is the first podcast to help you increase your stress resistance so that you can become a Zen Supermom and simply do it all while staying calm and happy. Welcome to the Zen Supermom podcast. Hi, Supermom. Elena here, your mommy tantrum specialist. And today I'm coming with you with an episode of the podcast that will be all about pain. And more importantly, about overreacting to your child's pain when they get hurt or when they hurt you. So this will be different. Like I want to start by doing that distinction between like, of course, when we are afraid for our child's safety, we like (laughs) we jump, right? (laughs) Because that's the point when you want to save them. You don't want them to get hurt. You don't want them to die, basically. Like this is the, the mother's instinct to protect her little one, right? That's one thing. But if then what follows is a complete uncontrollable rage towards the child in a sense like this is your fault how can you be so dumb to put yourself in such a danger and risk if i have told you already 20 times and how can you even do that and this is your fault and i'm so mad at you because it's your fault okay this is what we will talk about okay because i've worked <laughs> I, I always use my my own clients as uh, as an inspiration for this podcast, so it's not different this week. I In the last few days, I work with two moms who gave me different examples of this. They both actually came with the same question. Like, hey, I'm overreacting. I see it's doing even more damage to my child than the situation itself. So maybe nothing even happened. I just got scared because I saw her or him falling somewhere and I was scared that they will get hurt. And so my overreaction is actually what scared my child even more because I turned into a complete mamzilla. And so they, from the experience itself, they were fine. But seeing me in a complete rage, it marked them. I saw they were scared of me. And so then... One of the one of the moms, the, the second one I have in mind, she her daughter is what, like three years old. And she said, so then when my daughter gets scared or when she gets hurt, but I rage at her like this. So then she gets scared by me and she's running away to her father for a consolation, like to calm down. She doesn't want me to give her a hug and say, OK, it's going to be fine. And it's just a little yeah thing. She's scared of me. So whenever she gets hurt, she's not going to me. She's avoiding me. She's running to her father. And she feels hurt by that, of course, like on one side. But she feels this terrible guilt. And she understands like why that is happening, because she sees it <laughs> after she comes down. But she has no control over that rage that kind of like takes over all of her system so that's what she was asking me. And we just had the session yesterday. So it's it's still fresh in my mind. If you're listening to the podcast, you see, you're inspiring other moms to, to learn that too. Because I was remembering that clearly as well. Like from, from, from when my daughter was smaller, I was remembering that I, I had the same. 
And I had it both when it was about my daughter and her being hurt and her pain, but also when she hit me. And it was even by coincidence, okay, because she was not like she hit me intentionally once and I set healthy boundaries without yelling. It never happened again. But then when she was just being playful or she was not listening, she was doing something, even though I told her, don't do that. And she just like accidentally smashed me in my eye or in my leg, whatever, scratched me. (laughs) So I remembered I used to have the same overreaction. And so I, I went through the same journey. So I absolutely, I can feel your pain. No, it's not your fault. And we will dive in in this podcast. This is exactly what we are going to do now. I'm going to give you not only the understanding why it's happening, where it's coming from, why you cannot control it, but also step-by-step as much as you can as a DIY <laughs> so that you can start working through it and start lessening the impact of it, okay? Okay. A disclaimer here, I'm going to do as much as I can. I'm going to share as much as I can in a podcast form. Is this going to help you get 100% all the result? Honestly, no. You will need to work with somebody, with a professional, with a specialist to get there. Because, spoiler alert, there is your own childhood trauma involved. That's <laughs> with everything that I do. And for that, you will need help. So this is a food for your smart brain to understand where it's coming from, why it's happening, what are the steps it will take. But in order to take those steps so that you get the result and it's not just an amusement, curiosity for your smart brain to do a research and find out why things are happening, which happens so often to me that there are so many women coming just like, I would just like to understand. And I've been reading so many books and doing so many parenting courses, but I'm still yelling. Like, why is that? Well, why, my dear? Because if it stays only in your smart, logical brain, If it never gets implemented in your day-to-day situations, moment by moment, if you're not living what your brain learns, then it will stay only in your brain. This is why you need to work with a professional who will also hold you accountable week by week, day by day, do your homework, do your work, because that's what it takes. 10% is the knowledge. Yes, that's where it starts. Your smart brain wants to understand it. Yes, I'm going to give it to you. That's why I'm doing the podcast. But then the other 90% of your success is knowing how to apply it and cleaning it up at its roots if there is a trauma, which in most of the things that I'm doing, most of the reasons why you keep yelling, even though you took so many smart parenting courses, is because it gets stuck in your subconscious mind, in your body. There is a trauma that needs to be cleaned up. And I did trauma episodes in the, on this podcast. Go look it up. If you think you had a happy childhood <laughs> think again, (laughs) listen to my episode, there's a trauma you need help with. And that's, and then apply it day to day, moment by moment. That's the 90% of the success. Okay. That's only so far that you can go by doing this as a DIY project by yourself, just by trying to intellectually, conceptually grab the idea. Okay. Enough of my rant. (laughs) Are you ready to dive in? So Why is this happening? Why are you overreacting? I already mentioned there is somewhere past experience from your childhood, from your teenage years. There is a place in your life when you got hurt. And you could not stop it. 
you could not prevent it, you felt not protected, you felt not safe. And either it was a situation in which you felt an intense pain. More often, though, it was people in your own family, your siblings, your own parents, grandparents, teachers, whomever, who was crossing your physical boundaries, who was causing you pain. Have you been spanked as a child? Did you have, like me, (laughs) a brother (laughs) with whom you were fighting a lot physically? Who was hurting you when you were a kid? And most likely, could you protect yourself from that? It's likely not. Okay. This is the reason why a part of you, of your super smart subconscious mind, created a part, a new part. It was a coping mechanism, as they call it. If you've done some psychology, childhood development research, you might have read about it. It was a coping strategy for you to survive and not feel threatened for your life. You developed a part that you might call a protector. We had it, I had a session, what was it? Was it in the session yesterday? We called it like the, a person wall. Like that's the first term that came to my client's mind. It's like a person wall. It feels like a wall in my mind. It feels like a person at the same time because it's talking. It's essentially, it's a part of you that got developed, that got created because you did not feel safe. And it might have got created at the age when it was happening. Like when you were a small girl, somebody was hurting you. And it was unbearable for your system to feel so vulnerable, so fragile, so helpless. So this very, very smart survival strategy came up from your system to develop a part that was this protector to make sure that from now on, you will have a voice in your head that will tell you what you must and must not do in order to not get into trouble again. And in order to protect yourself, like from push away as much pain and hurt as possible so that you stay safe. Does that make sense? Think about it. And I bet as I've been talking about it, you already had some flashbacks of situations when you were hurt, people were hurting you and you were helpless because you were too small. So think about the earliest experiences, how old you were. That's how old your protector part is. Okay. Very often, because I can dig out that piece and I can have a conversation with it when we have a one-to-one session, I can actually ask you, the conscious you, to sit back and invite this part to come and talk to me. It's called voice dialogue, by the way, if you want to go down the rabbit hole (laughs) and learn about this trauma technique, it's called a voice dialogue. I can talk to that part. And what I hear very often is that that part still thinks that you are three, four years old. So it's been protecting you, overprotecting you. And get ready for the aha moment. Your children as well. It's been overprotecting you and your children ever since thinking like you are three years old and your kids are maybe even younger. So I need to make sure that they don't get hurt because your kids are physically, like they have grown in your body. 
in most of the situations, even if they are your adoptive kids, you feel like you would give your life for them if you love them so much. So by extension, your own protector part is doing its best to make sure that your kids do not get hurt either, which would be amazing thing. That's a great thing, right? To have those like instincts to avoid danger and risk of, of losing your life or like getting hurt badly. It's a great thing. However, the problem is that what I said, it got created when you were a small girl. It doesn't know that you're an adult woman by now, that you know better, that you can protect yourself, that you're not as fragile anymore. Okay. This is where the problem is. And I use often this analogy it's like if you broke your arm when you were a kid, you would go to a hospital, they give you this cast on it, like this white plaster thing that when it gets dry, it's it's rigid. It doesn't move, right? So that the bone has the time to heal. And then I don't know what, two, three weeks later, you go back to the hospital, they cut it off, take it off, and that's it. Here you have your arm back. Now, at some point in your past, you were hurt. And this part of you, this protector, came in as a plaster to make sure to protect your arm so that it doesn't get hurt again and it has time to heal. The problem is, if you did not get enough support, if you were still feeling helpless, the attacks were still continuing, it never got healed. So you still, until today, walk around with a cast on your arm. With the three-year-old cast on your adult arm that never got healed. Are you getting it? You are still walking around it and it's been squeezing you. It's not fit for an adult. It's not healthy for an adult. It got there because it had good purpose. It helped you survive. It protected you at that time, but you never cut it off because the thing did not heal underneath. Does that make sense? I'm going to give you a moment because this has a huge ripple effect when you really think about it. When you start making the connections, why you have the tendency to overreact, it is the protector who has the age of a three-year-old. That's why the rage is coming, right? At three or four years old, you don't have the coping mechanisms. You don't have the emotional maturity to choose a different way to respond to a situation. Usually a three, four-year-old, when your boundaries are crossed, you just like... Because that's your most powerful, the only powerful, effective way how to protect yourself. Especially if your boundaries have been crossed so often and you were not taught effective boundary setting by your parents. Because they were maybe the ones who were crossing it. They were the ones who were spanking you. They were the ones who were yelling at you and hurting you physically or let your siblings hurt you physically. You were not taught. So this was the best way how you could protect yourself. The problem is that that's the only way how you've been doing it ever since. So, how to stop it? First of all, realize, like now that you see what it is and some puzzle pieces start, like you start seeing a different picture now that it fits, right? So realize what's happening and then talk to your protector part as if it was possible because it is starts talking to these parts of you that come out and freak out. Appreciate it. Because they want the best for you. 
they really have a good intention. They just, they don't know better how to do it in a better way. They are doing the best to protect you. So appreciate it for all that hard work for all these decades that this protector have been with you. Appreciate it. Don't push it away. Stop ignoring it. Recognize it on the other hand and invite it in. Recognize it. Appreciate it. Say thank you very much. And tell it, well, I'm kind of grown up by now. <laughs> I'm not a three-year-old anymore. I can take it from here. It's okay. And you do that every time you get this, like, you jump out in fear, like, what the heck is going on? And I got hurt or my kid is getting hurt. You do that every time, step by step, whenever you catch it, it's your, like, blah, 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 overprotector in your head. Go and talk to it. Take a moment. It can be just like one second when you close your eyes, you breathe. And in your mind, you talk to your protector. You let it know. Thank you so much. I can hear you. Yes, you're right. This is a risk. Let me handle it. Because I can actually, I'm an adult. I can handle it more effectively if I don't yell. Yes, I will say that with like a, a strength and certainty and kind of like assertiveness that it's clear this is a boundary. No, this is not accepted behavior. But I will do that without yelling because the yelling actually undermines everything that I'm trying to achieve here. It has the opposite effect. So let me take over now. Thank you, protector. Does this make sense? Okay. This is as far as you can go, the DIY way, like be your own therapist. You can do this. If you realize you cannot go all the way, that that's not enough, you might need to reach out to a professional who knows how to deal with this kind of past baggage. Ideally, someone who's doing developmental trauma, generational trauma, all of these kind of things, okay? Only when you're able to do that, calm down your protector and take over by reacting to the situation in an appropriate way, keeping you and your child safe without yelling out. Then you're able to see and get to the final step, which is actually listening to your protector before it bursts out. Your protector is telling you this situation is not okay. Like something is going to happen. If you listen to that in advance, you can actually see what is it. And here comes my example of my client last week. She has a 22-month-old, hi, if you're listening, 22-month-old boy. They have a new baby in the house. So the boy is super jealous, asking for attention. Like it's, it's a transition time for him to adjust. I'm not the only baby in the house anymore. I don't have my mommy whenever I want to. So he's trying to do anything and everything he can to catch her attention. And of course, doing the things that he's not allowed to do is one of his favorite because that surely gets him enough attention he wants, even though it's negative. Kids at this age, they don't care. If they don't, if they cannot get your positive intentions and your hug, your positive attention, hugs and kisses and love, they will ask for it in a negative way because even getting a negative attention from you, like shouting, yelling, it makes them feel I matter more than the baby. It's better than nothing because at least they feel I am heard and I exist and my mom cares about me. I know it's screwed up, but can you see how it makes sense from their perspective? 
So they, of course, they will do anything and everything they can. Now, the situation here was that the the, the boy, 22 months old, was jumping off of a sofa and like in between the bed and sofa and rolling and doing, doing like the, the roll-ups. I don't know how you call it in English. In Portuguese, it's cambaliota. <laughs> and galipet in French. I have no idea in English. He was rolling and jumping and it, it was dangerous. <laughs> he could have like, it's a serious risk, right? But what my client was doing naturally when her protector voice came, like, <laughs> that didn't help, of course, because it was just feeding in more and more. He was doing more and more of it because he was getting at least some attention. So only when my client was able to calm down and just do the inner work, like this is me and it's not really helping and going back to her past and everything that I just talked about, then she was able to see clearly, my protector is right. This is not a safe environment. He's not listening to me because he wants attention. So what is the only thing I can do? will change the environment. So if there's a sofa and a bed he can jump from, he will do that. So how can you block access to that? He's 20 months, 22 months old. He's getting smarter every day, every week. His skills are getting better. He can climb on stuff. Well, how can you dismantle that situation so that it's not so much fun for him to do it anymore? How can you remove some of those pieces? And I told her even, look, it might get even to such an extreme that you take, dismantle your bed, put the bed frame in the next room that you're locking up anyways, because there's all of these like cords and, and computers and all of the same things that they didn't want him to touch. So there is already a room under a lock. So tell him like, that's what's going to happen. And maybe that's what needs to happen for the next year or two. We dismantle the bed. We put it in the restroom, lock it up. We will be sleeping on the mattress on the floor. Why not? If that's the only way how you can keep your child safe, they, you, they are not at the age of understanding how dangerous that is. And if it really gets to the point when you see them almost getting hurt every day, or even when you want to do that before they get hurt, right? Before the, he breaks his neck. So how is it that you need to adjust whatever is going on in your specific situation? Is there something that you need to do as a preventive measure in your physical environment, in your physical home? Is there something that you need to change in your routine? Like, of course, ideally, she would give her son enough attention so that he doesn't feel he needs to ask for it this way. It's not always possible. Of course, she's doing her best to do that. It's not always possible. So then what do you do in your external environment to keep your child safe? Okay. The case of the other mom was she loves fishing. How amazing is that? And she was taking her, what is she, three-year-old daughter fishing. And once she's almost like she, by accident, she stepped off the, um, you know, the wooden bridge that you have going into the lake. She, she already like started falling. So she grabbed her last, last second. She grabbed her at the back and she like pulled her back up, but she was almost underwater. Yeah. And she got so scared because her protector part got so triggered. So she started yelling at her like, why are you doing this? I told you to stay on the thing. It was an accident. She didn't do it on purpose. 
okay, this is a different situation. But her protector part was so triggered by it because she was already going into the scenario like, oh my goodness, my daughter is, is like drowning. So she got extremely triggered. So we did exactly this work that I described at, the, at this podcast, this episode. And then she started listening to her to her protector in advance and she was like yeah duh what was i thinking of course i should have put the life jacket vest on her like she is now having it every time we go to the water she has her life vest her life jacket so that i know even if she falls she's not going to drown like i'm just going to she will be in the water i just grab her pull her up and it's okay she will learn that's fine but again what is it in your external environment that you can do to prevent any like really life when your kid is at risk for of their life okay you cannot protect them from being hurt not always they will get scratches bruises broken arms or legs sometimes it might happen you cannot do it 100% you cannot save them from all the pain and it's okay because maybe sometimes this is the lesson they need but you can and absolutely should protect them from any life danger risks, okay? Does that make sense? So summing it up, summary. If you find yourself yelling and like having an overreaction and being mad with your child, even if what you see afterwards was a coincidence, it was not their intention to do something so silly so that they would get hurt. But in the moment you react on them and you blame them for them so strongly that they are actually scared of you, there's a high chance that it's something that happened to you in the past. You were hurt. So as a protection mechanism, as a survival strategy, there was a very strong protective part that got created. So step one, realize it's there. Step two, start talking to it. Don't ignore it anymore and let it know, hey, I'm an adult by now. I'm not so fragile. I can handle this. And then three, start seeing when it comes to your children, what are the situations that trigger you the most when they get hurt or when they hurt you? What is it that you could do differently about your external environment and situation to remove any life-threatening risks? And what is it that you might want to change in your, in your time routine, in your connection routine, if they are doing it on purpose to get your attention? Okay, sounds good. As far as you can do it DIY, go ahead, have fun with this. Try and see how it works for you and your kids. If you need help with it, you know where to find me. I'm always happy to help and, and dive deeper and clean up whatever part of that hurt. If it's serious trauma that you have from childhood because there was violence uh, in one way or another, it might be something that it needs to get cleaned up in a trauma therapy. So then reach out. I wish you a nice, peaceful, safe, calm, pain-free day, Supermom. Take care. Bye.